Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. This pod, we discuss the late pick five at Churchill Downs, Saturday, August 13th, 2022. This is show number 185, August 12th, 2022. 2022. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, since I don't know what, what else to ask, what tracks are you playing this weekend? Well, obviously, I'll be playing Churchill um, since we're going to cover those races. Um, but I'll be going all over the place. Del Mar, Saratoga, Woodbine has some really good racing. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm just looking for the best racing. I'm not too particular about where I play. So I'll be pretty be- busy this Saturday. Um, and <laughs> we've got an interesting set of races this week. Churchill Downs has a one-day meeting called Arlington Million Day, named in honor of the track it shuttered <laughs> on, a, on a turf course that hasn't been able to to uh, hold up under any kind of racing. In fact, um, they cut back from two four stakes races to two on the turf, and the two races on the turf are going to be held on completely different parts of the turf course. So kind of a weird day of racing uh, at... Churchill that we'll be covering. Yeah, well, you know, we like weird. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And <laughs> Churchill Turf has been very good to me since uh I've been playing all kinds of horses coming back off that um that didn't like the surface and were kind of against the track that have come back and run really well. Um starting to trickle down to uh, just a few horses now that it's been like 3 months, but um you know, it, it'll make it a little tough to handicap these races, but um, maybe it'll produce some plays going forward, even if we don't hit these races on Saturday. Play in the Sport of Kings NHC qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to round two, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly round one begins. If you join the tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code SPORTOFKINGS so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contests with free DRFPPs, go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you, and good luck. And we have a special returning guest. He's VP of Marketing at Horse Racing Nation. He's got a big following on Twitter and is a, an important ambassador for the sport. He finished fourth in the Belmont Stakes Betting Challenge this year, turning 4000 into 17000 live bankroll, plus earning 9000 in cash prizes. He's Ed DeRosa. Ed, welcome back. Glad to be back. I'm excited. <laughs> Glad to have you. I, and uh, yeah. I'm I'm impressed you got like, a couple tw- times. So. Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been working on you. <laughs> I finally got you in here. Yep. My agent so, would be tough. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about uh, this new product that you have, the first timer power rating from Horse Racing Nation. Yep. Um, yeah, I've been here at Horse Racing Nation now for uh, nine months. Started right after BC last year and uh, part of bringing me on was definitely to use my background uh, as a horse player but also uh, my brisnet background uh, from my CDI days of trying to develop uh, some new products for horse players and one thing 
kind of noodling in the office that kept coming up is, you know, first time starters is definitely something people uh, either struggle with or I think don't wager as efficiently as they could. I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about what wins or doesn't. And we wanted to try to eliminate all those. We sliced and diced a, a ton of data. Uh, we've looked at more than 9,000 debut runners over the past year and came up with the markers that we feel best uh, best put into focus how a first timer can be expected to perform. And finally, we've released it to market. It's the first timer power ratings. Uh, they are free uh, for the time being. We want people to check it out. And Saturday at Churchill is a great day to do so. There's a lot of maiden races, uh, including one that's a part of the pick five that ends with the Arlington Million. Uh, but if I were to, to just give a word of what we learned is the biggest uh, indicator of how a horse can be expected to perform as a debut runner. It's definitely the workouts. And obviously we don't have someone at the track watching these workouts. Uh, the first time a report covers every track that there's a debut runner each day. Uh, but we did find plenty of uh, interesting data points in terms of trainer patterns with first time starters, how they work from the gate, what other types of horses work similar distance that day. Uh, and, you know, that's just something people don't have access to that data to do themselves unless they're on a CRW team. Uh, so we're just really excited to be able to, to have this data in the hands of everyday horse players. Great. Well, <clears throat> look forward to hearing, hearing how the, uh, the, the report looks at the eighth race in our pick five today. I am a little disappointed that it doesn't have a banker that I could really uh, try to uh, shout shout from the mountaintops and uh, for right it would really be a, a great uh, a start for the report. But nevertheless, part of its utility is determining, you know, leans and maybe, a, you know, an instance where you can not use a debut runner. So uh, plenty of application. Of course, we'll get to that. But uh, it's a stakes laden sequence, too. So some good runners to talk about as well. All right, uh, uh, Chris, did you have any questions for Ed before we get started? Um, I, I think you sort of answered it. It sounds like the workouts are the main thing that you look at in the power rating report, not so much breeding or things like that. Yeah, there there is a, the report does include some sire stats, um, both general, like for overall first time starter rating, uh, and then we do break it down uh, by distance and surface. Uh, sometimes the sample size isn't great there, so that doesn't get weighted as much. Uh, and then we also do look at trainer. And again, that's general and situationally. So trainer first out and turf routes can be very different than dirt sprints, starting in maiden claiming versus straight maidens. Uh, all those different iterations uh, do go into it as well and are available in the report. Uh, but without a doubt, the, the heaviest weighting, uh, and this is, we found true for all levels of maidens, all circuits, is looking at that workout data and just trying to find the patterns that have led to, you know, more winners than not when they're rated well, and patterns that indicate maybe this one isn't ready to go out of the box. And where do you Great. get... I just... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I, I perceived that gap to uh, think you, you weren't going to follow up, Chris. Um, but uh, I was going to ask, where can people get this first-timer power rating report? Yeah, it's at uh, com, And again, it is free uh, through uh, this weekend and early next week. So you know, obviously some big racing. Saturday, not only at Churchill, but Saratoga and Delmar. Sunday is always a big day for people. And then, uh, you know, we talked about on social media earlier this week, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, these tracks have figured it out that uh, there's some opportunity to run there and uh, rising tide lifts all boats. And with handle uh, up so much at some of these tracks, uh, it really helps that you have seven, eight, nine tracks running on a weekday. And again, this report covers every debut runner throughout the country every day. So it doesn't matter if it's Thistledown, Assiniboia, 
or Saratoga on a Saturday, we're going to have some information for you. All right. Sorry, Chris. Did you want to follow up? No, I think that uh, I think pretty much answered my questions already. Okay, well then let's get started with the late pick five at Churchill Downs. It starts with the seventh race. The Lady Tax Stakes, six furlongs on dirt, purse of 200000 Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and up. Five of them lined up today or tomorrow. Ed, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm going to plant my flag uh, pretty much right off the rip here, Wisconsin. Uh, you know, there's this nice rivalry going with Bell's the one. And in the compact field, uh, I just feel like Wisconsin uh, has the opportunity to to get the jump here, uh, almost sort of like like a turf race. Um, you know, there's some speed for her to chase with Joyful Canes and Music City Star. Uh, Love me some some me. Uh, also, should be in the early vanguard. Any two of those three should go, if not all three. And I just see Wisconsin is is the one that's going to get the jump, and that to me is a huge tactical advantage turning for home. Uh, I definitely don't really want to double up uh, except on maybe some backup tickets, which we'll get to uh, that I may like a bomb in some of the other races. But for the most part, uh, you're going to know me early in this pick five because Wisconsin's going to be a heavy lean. Okay, Wisconsin, three for four the distance. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I, I agree with it. Wisconsin's the one to beat, and the rivalry with Bell's the one. At one time, Bell's the one was clearly the better of the two, but I think there's been a change in the guard recently, and I think Wisconsin definitely a little better than Bell's the one at this point in their careers. So, to me, uh, you know, I agree. You lean on her and maybe fade Bell's the one. The only difference is. Um, the number four horse, Love Me Some Me, I think is a little dangerous in here. Um, this horse has a lot of upside, has a good recent workout, does have the speed, but I think she could sit a perfect trip and let Joyful Cadence and Music City Star kind of battle it out up front, tuck in behind them, you know, maybe go past them, get a little separation and possibly hold off Sconson and Bell's the one. I, I could see that sort of a race unfolding. I'm not excited about six to one necessarily, but I think they could really hammer the two favorites in here and she could float up above that. And, and I think might be a, you know, playable even in the wind pool and certainly would be, you know, the, the other horse I would use in the pick five. Okay. Well, I, I hate to, way down this boat but uh i <laughs> i looked really closely at this they look amazing you know bell's the one is seven for eight at the distance with one second wisconsin's three for four at the distance with one second but <clears throat> looking at everything and bell's the one has these sensational workouts coming into this race so she could easily win um but uh, looking at the line, uh, Sconson just looks a little, little bit better. So, so that's where I'm landing, and it's it's kind of hard. It's it's almost impossible to use both, right? Um, and the only thing I'm thinking is the Bell's the one is seven to five. So if you know maybe you know maybe she's a little value at that price, but um, but I'm going to make Sconson my my top pick. Well, you know I agree. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I think the psychology of horse players, uh, there'll be plenty of tickets that, well, I can just get through this using those two, uh, you know, and at 50 cents, it, it might be economical, but, you know, I just, over time, I I definitely have a clear lean in this case toward Wisconsin, and I'd rather use that lean to, you know, press logical tickets or have an opportunity to to go deeper somewhere else. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, Love Me Some Me definitely looks good, could improve, but she's carrying the same weight as Bell's the one and uh, only two pounds less than Sconson. So she doesn't really get an edge. If she was getting five pounds, I'd be much more inclined to go with the price. 
Okay, well, we'll move to uh, a more competitive race, and that is the eighth race. It's a maiden special. Seven furlongs on dirt, purse of 120000 for three-year-olds and up. Chris, why don't you get us started? Well, there are a few firsters. So I'll let Ed talk about those. Um, there's two horses in here, or well, probably three that I like. Um, the one that's going to be the big price is the one I'll talk about first, and then maybe I'll get come back around to the others after you guys weigh in. But um, the intriguing long shot to me in this race is the two-horse Call Me Fast. Uh, this, it'll be making its third lifetime start. And uh, in its debut, it had quite a bit of trouble at the beginning and didn't do a whole lot of running. So I just kind of ignored that. But next time out, they stretched it out. Um, it caught a muddy track, sort of got into a duel against the flow, got tired late, but uh, definitely showed some, some ability. And now they cut back to seven furlongs and has you know that race under his belt. Is, are these he or she's on this race? Uh, he. Got, he has that race under his belt. And... Um, I think the cutback will be good. And um, most of all, uh, it's a great hunch play for you, Scott, because the owners are the giddy up stables. So I, I thought you couldn't pass that up. <laughs> giddy up. Well, <clears throat> I, I looked at those races and I was, I was very impressed with the first race because uh, the, the horse, um, I'm, I'm just trying to bring up my trip note here. Um, got off slow, rushed up, <clears throat> rushed up, and then kind of got shuffled back. Still made a respectable effort. The the next race on the mud, I wasn't as sure about that one, um, but uh, I I definitely considered this horse. And the only the only reason, sort of what ultimately took me off the horse made me sort of not pick her and pick him on top was that the trainer's not very good route to sprint over 19. That's just a, the DRF stat. Um, but I'm sure, you know, if you go, go five, five years deep into that uh, stat, you know, it, it may not be as, it, it, it may not be as bad. Um, I ended up going with, uh, the horse that's impressed me a little bit more, and that was Appeal Denied, who um, he checked on the backstretch, then recovered and still made a solid run to be fourth. He had a nice gate work before that race, which says that he might have some talent. He's five to one morning line, and you get scratch off coupled with that horse. And scratch off also uh, looks like he has a bit of a chance. So that's where I landed. Appeal denied at five to one. Uh, you had a bit of a host fail there, Scott. You didn't let Ed weigh in. Um, he hasn't had a, a chance to weigh in yet. <laughs> host well, fail. I just figured I was going last. <laughs> Serious host fail. Well, you well, are going last, but normally you're... Scott goes last in our format. Oh, that's okay. okay. Well, yeah, we yeah. wanted to save the best for last on this race because you have the power picks that you can, that, I uh, hope you can so. talk about. Yeah. Um, so the, the power picks are on a, on a scale of one to five, five wins 22% of the time, the ones win less than 5%. Uh, and first time starters overall win 9%, which is a, a little less than the overall average of 12. So, you know, that to me is kind of a starting point. There aren't any fours or fives in this field. Um, Cha-Cha Loco, I, I think, is a toss. I thought that looking just at, you know, paper handicapping and the rating confirms that it, it's just a two. This this one just doesn't seem up to the task here. Uh, both Order of Merit and Pro-Occident, though, uh, do intrigue a little bit. And rating-wise, they're just a three. So this is more, uh, okay, I'm going to have to dig in and see if they're worth upgrading, so to speak. Uh, Todd Pletcher, uh, first-time starters at Churchill, he does have a win. Normally, he, his first-time starters are in New York. Sometimes you'll see Monmouth, things like that. So small sample size, but I do like that he has one. Uh, and then Honor Code, not really a sire, 
that you think of with dirt sprints, but he actually is 14% is a sire in the dirt sprint category. So order of merit uh, with some female win early power to me is a, is a use at five to one. And then pro oxidant is definitely a use. Eddie Keneally is one of those trainers that just sort of average with first time starters. He's 8%. Uh, from his last 100 going back uh, almost three years to 2019. But seven of those eight wins did come in Kentucky, including, uh, let's see here, including one at Churchill with just Cindy, who was six to five, but another one recently at Ellis, who was four to one. And he's just a, a trainer that I think targets Kentucky more than any other circuit, even though he travels. And this one has some debut winners in the female side of the pedigree as well. So against a group where the numbers just to me don't scream a ton of talent, I definitely want to use seven and nine here. On paper, I do think Engrave has the look of the most likely winner. His numbers on the stuff I use is fastest. But when you start getting into 0 for 9 uh, with, with six seconds or thirds, you start to wonder about does this horse want to win? And when you roll in the fact that he is going to be among the favorites is an 0 for 9 horse, I got to try to beat him. So for me, the two first-time starters are going to be the A's. That's 7 and 9. And it gives me a little bit of a look, uh, given that not only am I starting this sequence with a, a chalk single, but I, I like a favorite uh, later down the road that we'll talk about too. So this is definitely the race. I'm looking to hopefully get a price and uh, hopefully the seven and nine won't take too much money as first time starters. But one thing we did find guys looking at all these debut runners, in addition to, you know, hopefully finding some winners with it is that there is more utility in getting a, a debut runner in the horizontals later in the sequence that they actually do play closer to their morning line. And a lot of these morning lines we talk about, they're not great but people still rely on them and they're there. And I just think they stick in people's heads and you're more likely to get five to one on order of merit in the pick five than you would in the pick four when everyone can see the board and maybe he opens up at two to one, not saying he will, but if he were to, that would be in play. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely eager to use both of these in the pick five. Yeah, I am. Um... Order of Merit to me is just the kind of horse I hate because he's trained by Fletcher, ridden by Velasquez, a 46, 47 and change gate work. I mean, this horse could be three to five. And it, I mean, five to <laughs> one seems like crazy price. I mean, the horse is five to one. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. And I, I think the morning line's just bad. Because I, I do think it could be, you know, a heavy favorite in here if it's well meant. If it's not, I, you know, would toss it. If it goes off at five to one, I think it's a complete toss. I just right. don't see that happening. Um, you, you're right. I wish this was the first leg, but you can look at doubles. And if this horse is getting hammered in the doubles, then I think doubles will help. you include it. But if it's not, I think you could maybe just toss the seven just because to me, you know, it's the kind of horse that would be running, uh, you know, could be a favorite at Saratoga, you know, Pletcher Velasquez, 47 and change work from the gate. So I, I, um, I'm going to watch the odds boards on that one. Um, the fact he's running it here is kind of suspicious too. I don't know. Um, so that horse, yeah, is a I mean, the horse, he just, he left the horse here and I don't know if, you know, with the $120,000 pass, uh, I'm going to assume Doreen Tabor is, uh, is cool more related. Um, not that Tabor is all that uncommon name by any means, but, um, that just kind of seems like that could fit. And the, the dam is, is pretty solid. Uh, private vow, uh, is back in the pedigree. There's a couple first out winners, uh, within the first dance pedigree. So yeah, I, I'm kind of with you, Chris, like five to one is probably just a bad line, but I do, like I said, I mean, I, I do think that instead of getting two to one, if that's what the horse is at post time, you still might get three to one. It certainly isn't a horse. I don't think anyone's going to be singling without information. Uh, granted, neither am I. 
Uh, I'm going to use the nine as well in the A column, but um, I, I just, I, I, if I'm live to the horse and he's five to one at post time, I'll probably be a little concerned that I'm dead. But if my money's locked in and he's two to one going to the gate, uh, I'll feel pretty good about it. Yeah, that's what you want. You want you would want to see this horse get bet, or I would be nervous. Um, whereas right. the nine horse, to me, you know, that horse has been working up a storm. You're right; the stable doesn't necessarily hit first out, but you know that no, one. Does. If I was going to have to play, what's that? They they do. Keneally is a, a pretty pretty good first time starter trainer. In fact, at that track at Churchill, he hits it uh, with a two sixty ROI. Yeah, well, that, I guess that's the key. That's the key for him is is at Churchill's and in Kentucky, I guess a little bit. He has a couple wins at Ellis, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm uh, him, so yeah. Overall, he certainly doesn't have good stats. Let me just check and see what it is at Churchill. Let's see. Um, I don't. I don't have him with a single winner in the last five years on dirt sprints for three-year-olds and older. So I don't know. I don't know where you guys are getting your stats that he's good. <laughs> well, off, that, I mean, that's, way, that's uh, really, in the, I mean, he, he won with the first time starter at Churchill in June. Um, it was a two-year-old, but. Well, as a two-year-old. Yeah. I, I usually try to separate out the two-year-olds from the three-year-olds. Uh, anyway, all right. All right. I, this is a, this is a good, good time to have this discussion. Cause I, I, I text, I text you, Chris, about a first-time starter that happened at Saratoga on Monday. Al Stahl did not have any winners with first-time starter, two-year-olds, first-time starting sprints. He was 0 for 10. But he was 4 for 20, uh, uh, roughly 4 for 20, with like all first-time starters uh, turf sprinting. And, you know, I, uh, if I didn't include him, which I did because he had done it with older horses. It was more the the type of race, not not you know not a requirement that they have to be two year olds. The, I'm looking for a trainer that can get them ready to win a first time starter sprinting right on the turf. It's a specialty. I mean Wesley Ward is a perfect example of that. Um, and you know if I, if I had if I had broken it out that way and excluded it, I would have missed a 26 to one first timer. But he came in at twenty six to one. So now he's got he's one for eleven with first time starter two year olds on the t- turf sprinting. So yeah, you know, I I, I kind of disagree with the the um, you know the, with getting too granular in in these in these stats because if if a trainer is only doing that you know if, if a trainer wants to to win early. Um, you know, they're they're going to mix it up. They're they're not going to they're not going to just say like they're not going to specialize in just a certain age and a certain distance. Well, I mean, yeah, if you get too granular, you get a small sample size, like you just said, ten races. You can't put any stock into that. So, well, I agree but, with you. That was a meaningless stat. But when you do have a good sample size, you can see great disparities between how trainers do with two year olds and how they do with older horses when it's you know in, in any category okay in particular, but so this, the stat that you just the stat that you just cited with eddie keneally how many how many horses are you talking about you're saying 46 that, starts know. he has two wins and 46 starts you know it's not it's not a 10 race sample so uh i'm just saying that on dirt sprints with three-year-old and older first-time starters it, he's two for 46 and he's, you know, 35% in the money, which isn't very good with an ROI of 0.73. I mean, that's just not a very good stat. And I, and I, I, I was trying to make a case that despite the bar not being good, this horse shows a lot of talent in the mornings with his workouts, and he might outrun those stats. I, I'm not saying the horse can't win. I'm just saying if he had good, if Keneally had good first-time starter stats, then I would say this horse is probably the most likely winner in the race. Um, but certainly if, you know, compare him to the the Pletcher horse, I would much rather play pro Occident as a first time starter than order of merit. Um, between right, well, those two, I, I would go, unless you see a lot of steam around the Pletcher horse, but if he's, 
you know, not the favorite in the doubles will pace at the start of the pick five. To me, that means, you know, that horse is a play against. If he's a big favor in the doubles, then I think it's a horse you have to include. I mean, that's just the way I would play that one. Right. Where right. if the well, if the yeah, if the nine horse is five or six to one, that's great. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Um, and I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him win, even off that bad trainer stat. So Al Stahl, uh, a, a, a twenty race sample. You wouldn't you wouldn't wouldn't find that actionable. Well, you said he was zero for ten. He was zero for ten with two year olds with two year olds turf sprinting. Right, and so I, I said that's not a bad stat. That's just a meaningless stat. There's not a big enough sample size to make anything out of that. I wouldn't hold. I wouldn't have downgraded that horse because. Um, you know, it was a two-year-old and he's sold for 10. Right, you know, right. I just wouldn't, that, that wouldn't, that wouldn't influence me one way or the other. I, I that, think, I think I'm ultimately, I, I think that, you know, there's, there's no exact answer. There's no right answer here because trainer stats are, you know, a horse, a trainer could be 0 for 30 and, and, and have a bad record and then be one for 31 and still show a positive ROI if, if that's a real bomber. So, you know, I'm looking at Eddie Keneally and I did, I did first time starter at the track, 63 starts, 10 wins. And, you know, to me, the trainers, some trainers point for, uh, they're, they're much more effective at certain tracks where they feel like, you know, that's where they're pointing to. So that's why it's one of my save trainer patterns. No, I, I, and I would totally agree. I mean, if you don't have enough two-year-old races to make, to get any information from, which you didn't, then just rely on how does he do with in a bigger sample size. I mean, that's probably better than nothing. But if he had a big sample and one showed him really good with two-year-olds and bad with three-year-olds or vice versa, then I would, I would say there's signal in there and I wouldn't play a three-year-old run well if he typically doesn't do good with three-year-olds just because he does good with two-year-olds. That's all I'm saying. I, to me, they're very different. There are trainers who are incredible with two-year-olds and terrible with three-year-olds and older and made first-time starters and vice versa. I mean, right. And and, I, and, that's why I typically yeah. I would separate them out. It doesn't mean they're all different, but I would always look at those two separately if you have enough data. That's all I've, I've said that many times in the past and I'll, and I'm not going to back off of that. Right, right. Well, I'm, I'm, I, you know, um, I, 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 I don't think there's any hard and fast rule. And especially when you're looking at a pick five, especially with first timers, you know, you, you, you have to allow that a trainer is going to do something different than they usually do. Especially if you've got mitigating factors such as good workouts, like this horse has pro oxidant. Right. And that's exactly what I just, I've been saying for the last 10 minutes that <laughs> I think the horse might outrun those stats because he looks like a good horse based on the way he's training. So I'm not going right. to keep that from including that, but it also, because the trainer's not good with firsters, you may get a price on a live horse. Although, although that's your horse. Yeah. yeah, but I, what I'm saying is he yeah. is good with firsters. He's he's a known good trainer with firsters. He's got a 260 ROI with firsters at Churchill Downs. I'll just uh, interject I, I, and say the biggest thing we found that is an indicator of potential success is the workout, and this one went 47 flat out of the gate, uh, best of 90 has a five for a long bullet, three back. This horse is ready to run. <laughs> all right. Well, we, we can all agree that that's a good workout and and, and that we're all agree in agreement that this horse isn't include. We just have different ways yeah. of getting there. Yeah. All right. And <clears throat> One, uh, there, there is a horse I like. I haven't really got the chance to weigh in on the other horse I like. So I would like to bring that one up because I think it's the most likely winner before we move on. And that's the uh, three horse Venco. Um, if you look at this horse, he's had two sprints and two routes and both his sprints have been really good. In his debut, he had a horrifically bad trip and still ran second. They tried to stretch him out 
that didn't work out too well. They cut him back again. He ran well again, finished second. They tried to stretch him out again, caught him off track, again, didn't work out well. Now they're cutting him back again. With some time, um, he could run a really big race. His, his sprint, last sprint would win this unless one of the firsters jumps way up. And um, he should be able to improve off that. So I think he's the one you have to use in the pick five is the three Venco. He's the most likely winner, I think. Um, and, and he's not the favorite. I, I mean, we'll see. I don't think it's a very good morning line on this race. But at least on the morning line, he's not the favorite. I don't see him being bet down much below his morning line. Could be wrong. But um, to me, he's one you have to include. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I, I would like to say about Engrave. Engrave is uh, he, he, he's got good numbers and, he, you know, he is over nine. But um, the most important are his last two races, which were as fast as he's ever run. And one race, his last race was a little bit better than his previous race. So as a four-year-old, it t looks to me like he's ready to move forward, and I will absolutely positively be using him in the pick five. Yeah, I'm kind of more with Ed on that one. And it, Unless a horse is dropping in class, once it's lost nine races in a maiden race, if it's a favorite, I'm going to bet against it. Now, if it was dropping down or something, then maybe i use it. But to me, you know, he's had plenty of bites at the apple. And he's still hanging from the same, you know, he's still picking them off the same tree or whatever. I'm running out of the analogy here. But, um, you know, if he really is the favorite, if this morning line is accurate, like I said, I'm going to be looking at the will pace because I don't trust this morning line. Um, I would definitely play against him. Um, he could win it, but I think he's a big underlay. Okay. Well, I think we can move on. The next race is the ninth race. It's an allowance optional claimer, mile and a sixteenth on dirt, purse of one hundred thirty-four thousand for three-year-olds and up. Ed, why don't you get us started? Well, I guess uh, the morning line maker just punted on this race. I mean, we had a seven-to-two favorite, four-to-one, a pair of nine-to-twos, a pair of five-to-ones. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to be that flat. Um, I'm hoping it's not, uh, you know, if Jennings is actually the third choice in here, I guess, what is he, co-fourth choice on the morning line, um, I, I'd be interested. So uh, he's definitely a, a starting point for me. Uh, unfortunately, we're going in completely blind because we won't have any double will pays or anything. Uh, Scarlet Fusion's the morning line favorite. That is one I am absolutely against, um, you know, could even end up I don't think he'll be the favorite. So, you know, I don't want to say I'm just playing against because he's the favorite. I wouldn't even like him at five or six to one. Uh, but in my mind, that's a play against being the morning line choice in here. Uh, but, but Jennings, lightly raced, um, really good numbers coming out of Ellis, does need some pace to chase. Second uh, of July should provide it. Um, I don't know that that horse can wire the field uh scarlet fusion's been close to the pace before 11 central as well so gonna need probably someone to go with second in july hopefully it's one of those two and and i just see jennings is is the one to to be able to get the run if that's the case and then if not uh lynn cash aka norm cash uh gigging Lynn loves playing the condition book, uh, and he finds a spot here. This this horse is competitive, and maybe people will be reticent to make a play in a listed stakes with with a horse who's just had all these conditions and shipping around the country. But to me, gigging absolutely uh, fits with this group, and it, it's not a stakes. I'm used to these. I'm too spoiled by these big purses, uh, having to remember that these are actually just condition races, and gigging's actually in for the tag, but. Uh, I would say five, six for me are, are the strong leans and absolutely not using the one at all. Okay. <clears throat> Jennings, uh, two for four. And with two seconds, Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I kind of 
agree with everything I heard, most everything I heard. I'd say I, I would probably pick Jennings as most likely winner. So at the morning line price, certainly a play. I agree. This is what I call a lazy morning line. They just kind of put everybody at the same price. Don't make any effort at all to try to figure out um, how the crowd's actually going to play the race. I'd be shocked if it's, you know, all these horses are in that same range. Um, I agree. Scarlet Fusion's a play against. Second of July, I think it's a little bit dangerous. Could could clear, but I do agree it's probably better off, you know, as a sprinter than a router. Um, so the only, to me, the threat to Jennings is probably the outside horse eight business model. He's another one with a lot of upsides. He's a half to Madurea. Um, second start as a gelding, had a nice return off the bench. Um, as a four-year-old, second off a layoff, I always liked those horses. So to me, this race is, you know, Jennings and business model. One of those two, I think, will win it. Um, uh, to me, you watch the odds board. One of them could be a play to win, but I would use them both um, in the pick five. So, but I, if I have to make a pick, I would go with the five Jennings, but it's pretty close between the five and the eight. All right. Well, uh, the first thing I'm going to say is I don't think Scarlet Fusion will be the favorite. I, I just don't think he's going to be favored off that last yeah, race. Yeah, I, I agree. So, so therefore, that's my pick. I, 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 I thought he ran a good race two races ago. Um, he was on the lead. I don't think he really likes to be on the lead. You know, he's got got two races where he was on the lead and he, he spit it up at the end. So I think Gaffalione will be able to sit off the um, the two speeds to his outside and, and have a nice cozy inside trip. And, um, you know, he was 37 to one where when he got second two races ago and, and then he threw in a clunker. He's done that before. and He's come back and he's run OK. Um, I, I don't love this race. I, I do respect, uh, all, all the horses that you guys picked. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm, 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 I just, I had to pick a winner and I picked Scarlet Fusion thinking that, um, that, you know, it's his third time with this trainer. He's had some time to work with him and today's the payoff day and that we will get more than seven to two. So, uh, so I'll just leave it at that. Hey, you could I be right about the price. I agree. There, there's definitely some of those are going to be higher and some are going to be lower than that price. They're not all going to be four or five to one. Um, I kind of think that you're right. Scarlet Fusion will go up and I have a feeling business model is the one that's going to get hit um, and go probably go off favor. That would be my guess. Yeah, no, I, I do think that if I play the pick five, I would use uh, all the horses that you guys mentioned, which is which makes this race, you know, pretty tough. But also, uh, there could be some value coming out of that. So, uh, I certainly respect Jennings' gigging and business model. So, yeah, gigging is to me more of a uh, underneath horse. It just it tends to drop out quite a bit and. I, I don't know. I just never like those kind of horses unless I'm getting a really good price. Now, if it were to go off at a big price, maybe to win. But for me, that's more of a vertical play where you use it underneath than trying to win. Fair enough. Let's go to the 10th. It's the Fort Larned Stakes, a mile and three sixteenths on the dirt. Purse of 200,000 for three-year-olds. Chris, your turn to get us started. Yeah, this race looks pretty chalky to me. Um, it's another one, <laughs> kind of a lazy morning line, uh, kind of in the theme. But I I have to kind of go with the favorite in here, King Fury. I think he's the best horse. He's been training well. Um, McPeak took a shot on the synth. He does this all the time. He'll try weird surfaces and distances and Every once in a while, it works out well, but most of the time it doesn't. In this case, it I think the horse got hurt trying to run on the synth, but um, it's been training really well since. It's run well off the layoffs before and when it's on the right surface, and it's just the best horse, I think. I'm a little bit worried that it, it 
he tends to come from out of it. And Le Peru is not always the best judge of timing a horse that comes from off the pace. But, um, and I and I think he can make a case for some of the others, but none of them get me excited in terms of price. So uh, I'll just go with the favorite in here, the two horse King Fury. King Fury off uh, four or five months off the layoff. Only one horse, one start this year so far. Ed, what are you thinking? I like uh, Twilight Blue. I definitely agree. This this morning line just, you know, I mean, they they can't. I mean, I, I guess he did make it a choice, and there's a first, second, third, and fourth choice, but they're not going to be like this. Um, I'd love for King Fury to be the favorite, though, because uh, I do think Twilight Blue is is a more likely winner. And uh, what one thing I did, there aren't a ton of races at Churchill, Vienna Mound, and Eighth on the Dirt. Obviously, the most famous of them all is. They have been running more of these Preakness distance races, though, uh, and they love running the 10 furlongs derby week to try out the new gate. And speed is king uh, going long, and that didn't play out in the derby this year. Uh, but for really any race besides that, uh, if you're able to get out there, uh, you can you can dole out the fractions. And to me, Twilight Blue has a huge tactical advantage. Uh, still can't believe he didn't get his nose down on over Folsom. Uh, that was an amount of 16th, but tracking the whole way. I think he'll be on the lead here going a little longer. I think he has maybe a fitness edge over King Fury with the more recent start. Uh, he's He's a, a single lean, and then I would say Intrepid Heart would be one, you know, as I look to build tickets and, you know, maybe zag in the spot. Um, he kind of has some interest for me being by Tappet, somehow never gone this far. Uh, so I think that's intriguing. He certainly has numbers good enough to win these. Uh, Mr. Wireless, I, I don't love scratching out of the last race. And uh, King Fury, I, I don't love the long layoff. Neither one would surprise me, but given the line, I definitely don't want to use all four because they, they probably will be bunched somewhat in the wagering. None of them are a separator, so I, I need to make a choice on who I'm not using. And for me, that's two, three, uh, and it's five over six uh, on the grid, so to speak. All right, I'm going to go with the second of your two picks, Ed. Uh, I like Intrepid Heart. Um, this was a horse that was on the Triple Crown Trail. In fact, actually ran in the Belmont, did not run very well, but still got a pretty decent number. Uh, won a, uh, a, a nine furlong race at Saratoga. Um, keeps on running good races, just dropped a decision to Masker Paid and last running against a speed flow. He was eight lengths clear of third. I think he can win with the same run. And, um, yeah, I just I like the spacing since his last race. A lot of things to like about this horse. Um, that's it. Intrepid Heart. I I think you know uh, I think Gaffleone and Joe Sharp are going to win at least one race tomorrow. And uh, <laughs> you'd yeah. hope so for their sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how many <laughs> they're paired up with, but you know, they're two in the oh, sequence. There's two in the sequence, and uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to win one of them. Either, right. e well, either with Scarlet, trains. yeah, e either with Scarlet Fusion or Intrepid Heart. Well, sharp either trains, on, Twilight uh, Blue. Yeah, yeah, but he's just he's got Gaffleon on on the on the two that I mentioned. I was Scarlet. just mentioning that in the. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, 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 I did notice that. You know, he just got two in this race, um, but. Uh, yeah, I like. I like. I like Intrepid Heart a little bit better. Poisonal. Yeah, it looks like looks like they have four uh, together. Really? Uh, any any others in our sequence that I didn't I didn't notice? No, you mentioned the that other favorite that I don't think will be the favorite, but that you picked is one of them. They're they're ten for thirty four together. which is uh, pretty robust. It's pretty robust. Um, any other thoughts on this race? There's only seven horses, so we can't have too many thoughts. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, which I think we're we're playing it the right way. We're taking our stands in a race where the, the board's going to be pretty flat. Um, I mean, none of us went in a Mr. Wireless direction. Uh, you know, can't use them all. But Sean Parker has actually been pretty cold lately. Um, well, he, he, he did win two on Wednesday. Uh, but before that, he hadn't won since August 4th. Um, you know, you hear a lot about trainer cycles, not so much about jockeys. Uh, I, I think that I'd love to, that's one of those things we were talking off air before we came on, things I've always wanted to work on. And that's definitely one of them, sort of the ebb and flow of, you know, our streaks real in racing. I think there's a lot of data that could, you know, answer the question, yes or no, just a matter of doing the work. I digress, though. Overall, I think Mr. Wireless, talent-wise, certainly can win this. But, you know, you just have to find a reason not to use them all. And, and for me, just scratching out of that that spot, um, you know, it ended up being sloppy, but that wasn't the reason given at the time. Um, you know, it, it just seems like maybe he's not the one to, to fire his best shot here where I expect a big race from either uh, Intrepid Heart or uh, Twilight Blue. And either of the others, the long shots would would surprise me big time. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah the one horse. <laughs> Not sure why it's in this race. Ben hustled. <laughs> yes, he got an extra horse in. Yeah. So that one would shock. Yeah, I mean, finish fifth and cash for four grand, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Paid workout. Your old paid workout for purse money. Okay, we'll move to the last race of the sequence. It is the Arlington Million. It makes me a little sad that we're actually covering this, but um, <laughs> you know, it is sort of the most interesting race, um, and 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 probably the most interesting sequence. So that is, it is now a mile and an eighth on turf, purse of a million dollars though at least, a Grade One for three year olds and up on turf. Ed, what are you thinking? I, I wish I had something a lot more creative, and and this is why I'm, uh, you know, willing to to go with those firsters earlier in the sequence, where I think either people will overspread or not be willing to to be narrow there, um, you know, on a press ticket because smooth like straight, to me, is the most likely winner. Uh, I mean this. And I think five to two is fair on top of it. Um, you know, being the most likely winner alone isn't enough, but I think the, the morning line price certainly is fair. And I expect some others to take money enough that we'll make this one worth leaning on at the end. But I mean, that Breeders Cup mile, you know, say what, say what you will about it, you know, was 10 to one, which at the time I remember thinking, man, this horse is actually taking some money. He hasn't won in a while and he ran awesome on the front end. And, you know, in my mind, really has shown no indication of, of letting up. Uh, he's run his races the last two times. Pratt is not on, though. It's Johnny V. I, I thought that was a little interesting, I guess. But uh, to, to me, this is smooth like straights race to lose. I, I just think that the tactical advantage of a, a horse who's shown he can be a front runner if needed or depending on what Mega City does. Um, you know, maybe ends up tracking the pace, but uh, I'm against that piece. Stanton certainly can win Sacred Life, I would say, are the two I fear the most. But, um, you know, to me, Smooth Like Straight is going to be a, a single on the main ticket. And then Sacred Life, uh, I'm not sure how, how Chad's heart is into this. Uh, we know the million at Arlington is a race he really targeted and loved winning as were all those stakes on that day in Chicagoland. I don't know that he's coming at this with the same gusto, but uh, I do like the sacred life. I think if smooth like straight gets softened up on the front end. I don't see any other front runner winning. It's either smooth like straight or someone from the back. And for me, sacred life checks that box. So that's my alternative, but smooth like straight on top for sure. Okay. Smooth like straight one for four at the distance, but he is, Four for four in the money. Chris, where are you at here? Well, I think you hinted at, you know, the distance, I think it, this is the outer range of his distance. Um, I think a mile and eighth is stretching it for that horse. And this, 
horses runs well, but he just he always gets passed in the stretch. I mean, I agree he's been lost to some good horses, but some that weren't weren't as good, and he just doesn't ever seem to win. So for me, I think he is going to be the favorite at this distance. Um, you know, as a win bet or in a pick five, and I'm really tempted to fade him. Um, I don't know if mm. I totally toss him, but I, I don't share Ed's enthusiasm. I think he'll run well. Um, but you know, they, I, I would just be a little bit skeptical of him winning, actually winning the race, especially at a mile and eighth. And, you know, going from Pratt to Velasquez, I don't think is, is a plus. Although no, it's, um, it's neutral. Yeah. It's probably not a bad thing. The other thing about it is we haven't mentioned this, but you know, it's that funky CD turf course. This will be the only race they've run on that crazy course in a, in three months. I mean, they're going to put the rails way out for the other turf race. So they're going to be running this on ground that hasn't been run on. And before it was horrible to be down on the rail and that's where they're running this race. So, you know, smooth, like straight goes to the lead in the rail that could kill him too. I don't know how clever or aware the riders are of this track or even what the track's going to play like now, three months later, but I do know, there's still concerns about it, or they we'd be seeing four turf stakes today. So, I, I mean, to me, there's a lot of questions that would make me want to fade smooth like straight as the favorite. I don't think he's going to be bet way down. So I could I see people like Ed Keen him. I just I've got too many questions. I just seen him every time I watch him run, and I see a horse come up on him. I know he's going to lose every time. Uh, you know, he just does not win, but he is running against good horses and he always, he doesn't like stop running. He just doesn't win. And, you know, it's for him, it's gotten to the point where I really do think he has a little hang in him, especially going a mile and an eighth. And to make, to top it all off is the five horse mega city is in there as a rabbit. So, uh, he doesn't have to be on the lead, but he's not going to be dawdling on the front end either. They're going to go a solid clip early with the five horse in there. So I think a lot is up against, he's up against a lot. If he wins, I'll gain a lot more respect for him. But there's too many questions for me on that one. Um, all the, the kind of ones that, that Ed mentioned are the contenders that are probably the other ones that are going to get played. You can make a case for them all and maybe a case against Ed's already sort of mentioned a few of the things, but so I'm going to go with the price and that's the seven admission office. I think he's the one, one at a price that just might get the job done. He's run some big races in the past. Um, he had, he's had issues. He, his comeback was nice on the, the CD turf course. Uh, he's always been a good finisher. His last race, wasn't very good, but I mean, it was one of these small field, slow paced New York turf races where he never had any chance at all. So I'm just going to draw a line through that. So, you know, he was gelded when he, on for his comeback. And I, you know, I think he's the finisher at a price that could get the job done. I'm not super enthusiastic about it, but I think he's the only win play. And he's, he's the one possible value horse you might have in the pick five. So I'm going to go with the seven admission office. And I'm probably going to fade um, smooth like straight or at most use him in a small backup way. That would be it. Well, I, <clears throat> I respect your pick of admission office and I'm going to use him. He's got a big race to run back to and this is his third off the layoff. He looks poised to run a big race. So he is a use. Um, I am going to go with Santine. He had a beautiful line going into his last race uh, before being fractious in the paddock in his last race. Um, he should be able to sit off the speed and get a good trip here, winning his second million-dollar race at Churchill. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if he'll be favored I would I would think that Smooth Light Straight actually is the favorite, uh, which he is in the morning line. 
Um, but I, I like Santini. He had an excuse in his last race and he's had plenty of time and, and he was able, I, I, he was able to, uh, conquer that, that wonky Churchill turf course. I think if anybody's going to handle this weird course, it's going to be him. So Santine for me. No, uh, I mean, I guess I mentioned Sacred Life, but it, it seems uh, strange that no uh, effusive praise for Chad in a grade one turf race. Yeah, I think this is his second or third string. I don't think he wanted to send his sure. horses on this turf course. I mean, yeah. the ones he ran on, on Derby Day, none of them, most of all of them didn't run, didn't like it, except for that one horse she, well, I can't remember, something with Devil or... <laughs> He had one horse. Speak, had speak like three. a devil. Speak like speak the devil. Like a devil. But you know, regarding Santin, there's gonna a good and a bad. One is he threw actually threw a shoe before that last race and had to get a, a new shoe put on. So I think he had definitely had an excuse for that one. But he really benefited from the bias at Churchill on the the time he won. I mean, he he was a big beneficiary. So to me, you know, that that sort of a negative his best recent race i think he he really had had everything his way in that one but i think uh so to me that is probably he looks a little better than he should but because of the legit excuse he had his last race i think he you know you kind of get a neutral in terms of value um with him he certainly could win but I think Chad just didn't want to send the first string, even though it's a million dollar race. I think he's a little nervous about the surface and I would be too, if I were him probably. Yeah, no, a lot of discussion here. I mean, even beyond just this week, but there were definitely loud, loud whispers, uh, whether they'd even be conducting this day of racing and then ultimately ended up with just the two turf races and the rail thing that you mentioned, Chris, and, you know, I mean, the Beverly D, yeah, it only drew five, but I mean, to stick that as race five, when the whole point of the day is these two grade one races, uh, you know, I think definitely speaks to some concern about how this, this course is going to hold up. So hopefully safe trips for all, uh, especially smooth, like straight on the front end for me, but I think there'll be some breath holding. It's Central Avenue on Saturday. Yeah, let's hope they all finish the race for sure. All right, do you guys have any uh, any spot plays at the track or, Chris, uh, any other track? Because you usually have a couple. You usually have at least one. How about you, Ed? Anything? Uh, not, nothing over the top. I mean, I would say at, at Saratoga, I'm pretty excited to to see Chad in that grade one race with Regal Glory. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, just her running back this year and then facing males uh, in this spot is pretty exciting. Uh, I don't, I don't think the price will compensate, you know, to the level where I'm going to going to be touting this as, as one of my better handicapping but uh I, I do think she you know has the opportunity to really assert herself uh the second half of the year and this could be the kickoff to that so excited for the four star day but uh yeah unfortunately no big no big price in there either and i, I mean i'd love to hear what you guys think of the saratoga special uh visually it was hard for me to think any horse could fit there with golf court uh, but Damon's mound, uh, his Ragazin figure is pretty imposing. And uh, you're going to get a, a higher price on him than you will golf court. So short field, but I'm excited for uh, these graded stakes on Saturday at Saratoga. Yeah, you know, I'm always <laughs> trying to beat the big favorites. The Saratoga special is kind of tough because uh, the two you mentioned, are pretty good, but you know that the one horse super chow is no chopped liver. Um, and I think they'll gun him from the gate and it could be dangerous if the speed on the rail is a good thing on Saturday. It hasn't necessarily been at Saratoga of late, but I mean, 
I wouldn't be shocked if that horse pulled an upset, the one horse super chow. And then kind of in a related way, I agree. I always been a Regal Glory fan. She's been great. She's the one to beat in that race. But I, I think get smoking is dangerous. Um, again, he should get an easy lead. He tends to give his lead up. Um, so I, and I don't, but I think you're going to get a big price on him. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to give him a chance. And at Saratoga, horses on the front end can be really dangerous when the jockeys don't give them any respect. Um, and he lost to admission office a couple races back at Churchill, but that was, he was on the rail the whole way around there. I thought that was a pretty good race. Not, I hadn't seen anybody run as well as he did on the front end on the rail at Churchill. So I thought that race was better than it looked. Um, uh, so, you know, he's in probably in over his head, but it's just the kind of horse that, um, they might just ignore and let him go. And he may, he, they may not be able to rail, reel him in late. So to me, get smoking is kind of interesting as a long shot in that Saratoga four-star day. Is that your uh, only spot play or? Well, that one, and then the uh, the one horse in the, the two stakes at Saratoga. The other one's Super Chow, the one horse um, in the Saratoga Special. If they try to get cute again in, in that race and let him go, he might not come back to them. Louis Saez will be aggressive, <clears throat> I'm thinking, on the front end, and I and you got Rosario on the favorite, um, who you know. You know, his one weakness is he sometimes is a little less aggressive than he needs to be in, like some of these races. So, but that horse has looked like a monster in both his starts. He's been training well. I mean, he could just be a really good horse, Gulfport. And like Ed said, that Damon's Mound looked pretty good uh, as well in his race. So, you know, that could just be two really, really good horses that, but uh, it's the kind of race where everybody else is going to be ignored and I always like to take a shot at those races especially in these lightly raced you know two and three-year-old races okay well <clears throat> I do not have any spot plays and I have to run so I'm going to thank our guest Ed DeRosa Ed thanks for joining us uh, pleasure as always and uh, I guess looking forward to you posting this and after scratches, I'll actually put what ticket I ultimately put together with our knowledge, but uh, hopefully we can zigzag into a price here or there. Okay, let let uh, let the long shots be with us. That will conclude show number one eighty five of the Sport of Kings Pod. Good luck at Churchill and wherever else you play, and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Sport. Cheers. Giddy up.